podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to Coach Unplugged today. Before we jump in, before we jump into this great podcast that you're going to hear, um, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish. They have completely revolutionized the shooting machines. Everyone, to be honest with you, in my opinion, seems to be copying them. Go over and check it out. Um, mention Coach Unplugged, they'll give you $350 off. They'll work on trade-ins, they'll work on financing. They will take care of you. Also, go over and check out ttubes.com for coaches who want to get better. If I know what you're going through, I was there. I took over a program that had never had a winning season, turned it into one of the top one, top a, a USA ranked one, one that has won national t- championships, ones that won, won national tournaments, ones that have won um, state titles. Let me help you do that. Let me, let me, I'm, I'm holding my ring right now. Let me help you put a ring on that finger. Come over and check out teachhoops.com and let's head off the podcast. Part two of our, our interview podcast, our one-on-one call with Eric. If you could talk to one coach, who would you talk to? If you could talk to him for an hour, like in a room, unbothered, living or dead, doesn't matter. Um, right now, my answer would be John Beeline. Okay. Um, I I was I was I was floored that he took that job. Unbelievable. The fa- I, I've always loved him. Um, I ran his offense as a high school coach when he was at West Virginia, and John doesn't he doesn't release anything he does. You know, he don't do videos and he doesn't do anything. He doesn't write books. So you have, I had to watch every single West Virginia game and just learn his offense on my own, um, which is what I did. Cause when he had pitch snoggle at West Virginia, I had a kid very similar to that. That was going to be on my high school team. And I wanted to run that offense. Um, but I would love to sit down and pick his brain because he's been at every level as a head coach. He's never been an assistant. So what does he look for from assistants? Cause it, where I'm at now in my career, I need to know that. Um, and then just ask him why, why has he moved to the places he's moved to? Why the Cleveland Cavaliers? There's so much in his career that I could talk to him about. Well, and the thing is he's gone all the way up. He was like a junior higher elementary. I mean, he has (laughs) coached at every level now that he's done this. And that might be the reason. Maybe. Um, he, He and I have very, when I've, I went to his practice at Michigan, he let me come when I was a head coach and, Watching the stuff he did was very similar to what I was trying to do as a head coach. The fundamentals he does, and, and he works on pivoting, which I'm a big fan of, and he works on passing all the time. And I was trying to find ways to do that. So I feel like there's things he does that I want to be really good at. Right. Um, and I, so I'd love to talk to him about that and why. When he gave that talk about things that don't change, um, it made complete sense. It just clicked more. Oh, it, was, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Um, he uh, – yeah, it was uh, – it was great. It, it was very good. You should yeah. always go the. You should always go to the final four if you can, just to watch those things. Do you um? Do you have any superstitions? No, nothing. Nothing like really big. I think every year it varies year to year. I, I, this year, I listened to the same song on the way to the to a few games. Like I, we won a few, and I, I was like, I think I've listened to the same song on the drive to the arena. Um, so I did it, but nothing. Nothing too major. When I when I coached with my dad, he was huge superstition guy. So I'm not a soda drinker, but I drank one Mountain Dew one time, and he saw it, and we won. And he made me drink it every game, and we won 17 in a row. So I had to drink 17. 
<laughs> 17 Mountain Dews. I'm not a superstition guy, but I'm a ritual guy. So there's a difference. Yes. Like, I think rituals are good. You know, it's not going to depend on whether you win or lose. Um, so what, what kind of offense and what kind of defense would, would you run if you could, you know, let's say I gave you a team right now and gave you a week. What offense and defense would you run? Um, well, assuming that I have some decent players. Right. Yeah, well, let's assume you have good players. <laughs> um, I'm still a big, big fan of, of a two-guard front, four-out offense. Uh, okay. Similar to that beeline stuff he did in West Virginia. Um, okay. I still know it really well. I've, I've kept up with it and tried to evolve it in my own notes. Um, so offensively, I would do that in a fast way. I think you have to play faster now than he did then. Um, and I've been influenced a little bit by Coach Crutchfield. They they average 115 points a game for his whole career or something. Um, so I've learned a lot from him too. So so playing that, that style that flows into um, some read and react stuff and that that hybrid two guard offense. Yep. Um, defensively, I'm going to play man to man for the most part. Um, I think you have to have some zone, especially at the college level with foul trouble and shot clock. You, it can be very very beneficial. Um, and matchup issues, like you talk about, you, the mismatches and, and all that. Um, so zone would be secondary for me, but I, I'm a pretty – I've learned the ball line defense from Coach Smith, and I'm becoming a big fan of it. So right now I think I may stick with that. I never knew it until this year. Um, and it, we were the best defensive team in our league, and, and I, I think it's good. What do you do – What as an assistant, this is just me asking a, a question that intrigues me. During the game, what is your responsibility? So you're sitting on the bench. This is for coaches listening. You're on the bench and you're the assistant at a D1 level. What, what is your job? It's not to just – it's not to watch the game, obviously. <laughs> you're right. So everybody – every coach is different um, that okay. I've worked for at D2 or D1. Okay, so to explain the differences. So some, some have offensive defensive coordinators. Um, okay. Some have a guy that just may talk to players as they come in and out of the game. Some may have a guy that does substitutions. Some may have a guy that does matchups. Um, a lot of times it depends on who scout it is. So here, uh, Gigi and I do every other scout. Okay. So if it's my scout, I'm doing all the, the matchups so that every player knows who they're matched up to at all times. That's kind of the number one thing when it's your scout. Um, given tips and timeouts for what the other team might run or if you know something's coming and you're talking to the head coach the whole time about what they're going to do, that thing. Um, the thing I do every game now is I chart our defense. What defense were we in? What was the outcome? Because Coach Smith wants to know at every timeout, um, hey, if, if, if we were in our man defense, what are we right now? Hey, we've got five out of seven stops. Let's stick with it. Um, if, if we've got – for 50% at the time, he's probably going to be like, hey, we need to switch it up. What can we do? Coach, I think we should trap their ball screens. Okay, let's go man, black, or whatever we call it. Right. Um, get into that right now. And then I'll chart that. And if it doesn't – I'm always in his ear about defense. Gigi's in his ear about offense. Okay. And so so that's intriguing because we do – I have so at the high school level, I have one of my assistants tracking that too. Yes. And if something's not working – like and I've and, and this year we actually went to the the three rule that if someone scored against us three times in a row we changed. I love that um, because we lost. I think we lost the game early because we didn't. And I'm a man guy too. I'd just play man the whole game if I could. Yeah. But um, it wasn't working. You know, we just needed to. We just needed a change to slow the tempo to slow their. You know, sometimes I'll go to a zone just to slow them down and get them out of yeah. sync. 
they might still score, but it just gets them out of that like momentum shift kind of movement. And a lot of times it doesn't even have to be a big change. Like no. you don't necessarily have to go from man to zone. It might be trapping ball screens or switching man to man. It might be just picking up full court man, like just zigzag him. Just yes. to slow him down a little bit so then they can't get into their flow. Um, yeah. So for the coaches listening, it's something – I mean, don't let your assistants just sit is my – No. I, I, yeah. Um, if they want to watch, there's a great seat about four rows up. They can watch. <laughs> right. Um, uh, sometimes I think that at our level, we, we almost – we're charting so much on the bench from right. deflections to – layups like I'm in our in that defense I'm keeping track of how many of those points were layups how many were contested shots versus uncontested shots because coach wants to know if they're contested and we've given up three straight baskets he's usually okay with it if we've given up three uncontested shots something's changing right uh, it's really not working cool. yeah yeah so something's broken at that point it's like a, um from the statisticians it's like a control chart they're looking we're yeah. looking for things that are not normal and out of control Exactly. And then you want to change it. So, you know, it's, it's the whole uh, money ball thing. There's definitely something to, to, um, to do. What would, what's the one thing you would change about basketball? Is there anything you would change about the game? Well, they're moving to three point line back, which is. I know it's, I, I, we, before we came on, I, they're moving it to international. I told us my, it's my, the best thing in the world for my son. Cause he can shoot deep. Yeah. That's going to change, that's gonna change the game. I, I agree. I think it's going to change. Right now for our game in college, um, I think I would go to the 24-second shot clock. Um, I, we're the only organization in the world that doesn't use a 24-second shot clock. There's teenagers in Europe and all over the world playing with that. If they can do it, why can't these guys work in? As coaches, there was such – for about the last 15 to 20 years, there was such a control thing about coaches. We wanted to control every single possession. And you right. saw it over, over the years in, like, the final four. The scores were getting lower and lower and lower. And now they took away the ability for us to call timeout from the bench some. Um, they took away – or they, they did lower the shot clock from 35 to 30. It's helped a little bit. They've done some things, but I still think – the game of basketball, what's so beautiful about it that we all forget is it's the only sport where all five guys play offense, transition to defense, and back. Soccer, you have a few people that do that. Football, nobody does it. Hockey, sort of a mix. But, like – this is the only sport where you better be able to do everything. Right. Um, so why and not? And it's fast. That's the difference. My, from my little league days when I was coaching little league, it's like I didn't know what to do. There was so much time between pitches. <laughs> it's yeah. like, are you talking about? Like I get like 23 seconds to think about like where to move people. It's like there's no time in a basketball game. I know. It's the difference between like going to a rock concert and going to the symphony. Like exactly. one's like calm and slow, and a and a and basketball's like you you have to think. It, yeah, it's and so fast. And the teams that can make it look slow that are playing really fast are are incredible. Yeah, those are the, the good ones. Yeah, you're because people that watch the NBA on TV and say those guys don't play hard or it's not moving fast enough, go buy a ticket and sit on the floor. Right. And you will see how fast and how hard those guys are going. Right, and it's like they're just they're they're not normal. No, they're they're, they're like ten. <laughs> right, the average because I was doing this in my stats class. The average height in the NBA, like now, average. So that average, we add them all up and divide by how many there are is like six eight. Holy cow! It's like That's six seven incredible. six eight, which is crazy when you think about crazy. it. Because Wesley, who played for me, is like six four. Six, he looks 
tiny. At 6'4". At 6'4". He looks tiny. I mean, Steph Curry, I think, is 6'2". Oh, yeah. yeah he he's like a little big. boy out there, like, size-wise. I know. He's and not that's big. Taller, that's, almost, that's taller than, like, almost, a, you know, there's like 10% of the population walking around of males or 15% that are taller than 6'2". Right. That's what's crazy. So I tell the boys, I said, to play in the NBA, you, you have to be not normal. Like, you're not no. a normal human being. Absolutely not. Yeah. In the world, out of the seven and a half billion. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah that tells you a better chance of running like Google than you do playing in the NBA. <laughs> right. And they're just, and they're really good basketball players on top of being athletes and 6'8. Right. If you've ever seen LeBron in person, he runs like a gazelle. Yes. And he's 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, yeah. I mean, it's not. He, he, Kevin Durant looks like he he, he looks like a, a six one guard in our league. He just he and he's he's a seven foot almost a seven footer. I know, and it handles it like he's five eight. Right, it's just like makes no sense. Yeah, that's why they're making yeah that's all it. that money. All right, we're gonna do rapid fire. This is my favorite part. So I'm gonna ask you a question, and then you're gonna give me either hopefully a quick, relatively quick response. Um, it will just depend. Some of them are one word, some are, are smaller. So what is your favorite type of basketball used in a game? Like brand? Wilson. Wilson. Okay, why? Because the one that, that we use has the – it absorbs the sweat. Like it doesn't get slippery very easily. Okay, okay. Um, um, what's one word, to dis- one word to describe your ideal player? Versatile. Ooh, nobody said verse. I like that one. One sporting event in the entire world you go to. Wow, that is a tough one. Masters. Yeah, it's either because I've been – I have no desire to go to the Super Bowl. World Series would be fun if the Cubs were in it. Um, But it's between Masters for me, and I'm not a big soccer fan, but I'd like to go to the championship of a World Cup. That'd be incredible. That That'd would be, be, I think, because that is the most popular sport in the world. Yes. To see the, the to see that, I think would be pretty cool. I don't know if I'd want to be in that city, but right. You know, <laughs> if I could fly and fly out like same day. Um, what's your favorite pregame meal? Uh, grilled chicken salad. Really? Yes. Do you get? Do you make that? No, they. That's what we have almost every pregame. We have. Salad, we have some grilled chicken, some steak, some pasta, potatoes, vegetables, and I always put the grilled chicken on a salad. Okay. Um, do, they, do the boys complain about what they eat? Yeah, oh, yes. It doesn't matter how good it is, but. You could literally, so, okay. So, for people who are listening, it doesn't <laughs> matter if you're dealing with a 16 to 22-year-old male. If you put a lobster in front of them, they'd still be like, that's not good enough. Not, where's we went, we went. We played Richmond in Washington, D.C. this year, had an incredible lobster dinner and filet mignon for their guys, and there were some guys that were like, I, I don't want that. Right. I want a burger. Like, yeah. What are you talking <laughs> what? about? Yes, it's the exact <laughs> same thing. Uh, what's one skill not being taught in today's game? Passing. And how do you teach that? You, you emphasize it every day, and, and you have to tell them exactly what, what it is. You can't just say pass the ball. Right. Have to tell them where, where is the shooting pocket? Because we were teaching – even this year, we were teaching guys, a kid coming off a down screen, where do you hit him? And they were all throwing it to his outside. Right. No, he's open to shoot. Right. That's a difference than just getting a catch on the wing. You have to pass it to him in his shooting pocket so he can get right. the shot. Right. 
our guys don't know that when they get yeah and i and i tell my son i said you gotta yell at, at those guys when they don't give it to you in your pocket yes <laughs> because that's if no I was different shooter, than them not boxing out like yeah yeah yes. I, if you're a point guard and you don't know that skill learn it yes that's learn. a great yes and that's a great emphasis i think that's a good thing too because i'm not sure there's a drill out there or a thing that you can do in practice as far as passing but it's like Izzo with rebounding. If you emphasize it, they'll do it. That's it. Do it. Well, but you yeah. can't emphasize 23 things, but if you emphasize no. passing, they will do it well. Um, what's one thing you do to relax? Play golf or do yoga. When do you have time to golf? About three weeks a year and that's it. I've played it yesterday. It must be fundraisers. It must be fundraisers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've I played and I'm done now. I've played about five rounds this month. May's my time. Um, I'll get to play a little bit on vacation in early August and that's it. It's like fishing. I used to fish too. I used yeah. to golf and fish. Yes. And then I started coaching and it's like, when do you, cause it takes too much time. It does. It's, it, it's, yeah, it's not, I don't know. I should be, I should start running more again. Cause you can always just go run. Um, what's one coaching right. technique to con you consider important? Patience. Um, I think you have to be patient with kids now because everything is moving so fast. It's almost, you have to, it's almost contradicts the way the world's going, but there's so many things coming at kids and the info and they can, they can learn everything so fast. They think by typing it in their phone, um, be patient with them because we were all 18 at one time. We were all 19 at one time and we were probably close to the same as them. We just didn't have cell phone and technology like we do now. So we didn't know when I went to practice, I didn't know there was a party going on because no one had called my dorm room phone right. and happened to be there and picked it up. <laughs> right. Like nowadays when they get out of practice, they're going to know where everything's going on in a second. That's a great, that's a great, I, and, and I have done that just by doing it as I've gotten older, but that, I think that's really important. You're right. I think the, 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 the pace of their lives are so fast. And that's why you see the, the so many more kids that are depressed and there's so much going on. Yeah. Um, we're, we're dealing with now as coaches that when my dad coached me and he just yelled at me to do it and I just did it, it's different. Right. Can't, I can yell at my son and he responds because he's just used to it. But, right. Hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the podcast as much as I am. Please subscribe and like. Uh, leave those five-star reviews. Those one-star reviews you can you can leave in your pocket, but go over to Apple and Spotify and wherever you leave reviews or wherever you listen and, and, and tell us what you're thinking. Um, go over and check out teachups.com for coaches who want to get better 14 day free trial. Um, the one-stop shopping, the Netflix for basketball coaches. Um, and then also go over and check out our other podcasts, uh, teacher side gig and high school hoops. P part of the, I love saying this part of the coach market media conglomerate go over and check it out and let's head back to the podcast. Oh, LeBron. Okay. Uh, yeah. best player of all time Michael yeah Michael's winning I don't know many there haven't been many, many votes no it's so hard to compare across generations too like really, how do you compare him to Bob Cousy or, or Oscar Robinson you know well one uh, thing is, it, it and I'm sure those guys would have been great today too but there is does anybody question that Michael could be in today's game right now and dominate if he was in 93 come to the NBA right now would he still right. dominate I 100% yeah. believe he'd still be the MVP. I do too. There's, there was a competitive and it thing with Michael. No doubt. Yes, there was something. Um, all right, so what's your favorite drill? You sent me a couple. What are your favorite drills? So I said the, 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 the small-sided games, anything okay. like that. I, I'm, not, I'm not a big 
put drills down on a list and pull from that all the time. I, I yep. don't get it. They, they evolve a lot for me um, okay. day to day. So any small sided games, um, there is a, there is and a, explain what you mean, explain what you mean by small sided games to the people okay. who are listening. So if we're, if we're doing a, say a two on two, we're working on down screens, okay. put a kid on the block, put a kid on the wing, set a down screen, have a coach hit the guy and play live. That's a small sided game, two on two with a, with a little bit of a structure to it, but I want them to play live. Okay. Um, we may give them some rules, two dribbles, one dribble, got to touch the paint, whatever. Um, and then you go to maybe a three-on-three thing, and you can do that with ball screens or whatever. But there's an I'm a big believer in those kind of things that you have to layer. Like, okay, yes. we want to work on how we're going to screen. Okay, now we're going to work on how we're going to screen and how we're going to read the screen. I mean, don't throw 17 things at them. Um, that's a great point. In the small-sided. I mean, that's, that's just what I've observed over time. It's, no. You, you can't expect six things going on, you know. And, and what, what Coach Smith does better than anybody for me that I've learned is he will throw everything at him to start. Um, the hole, and then he does the part, yeah. Yeah, you know, the old Dean Smith hole part, hole. Like, yeah. literally, we're going to hey, we're going down screen, play live. And everyone's like, what? And then they do it, and then they screw it up or do something wrong, and then he'll stop and say, okay, now you have to do this, and you have to read the guy. These are your two options. Right now, you only get two dribbles. Now you only get, and it, eventually he cuts it back down, and then it'll go back. All right, now play live, whatever you want, and they go back to doing the stuff that you just taught them. Okay, I love that. That's a yeah. So it's a it is it's the part whole part thing. Um, what's the best game you've seen in person? Oh wow, that is really good. Um, four overtimes at. We played at in Hawaii. I was part of the game. I was coaching in Hawaii, four overtimes to beat um, to beat Cal State Bakersfield. First game of the season without our best player. We were down late. We pressed. We got a steal and a buzzer beater to win the game. It was incredible. Hawaii is awesome too, isn't it? And we were in Hawaii. We went three and zero. So I remember the trip will always be. <laughs> Three and all in Hawaii would be good. Um, what's your favorite quote? Um, so I, the, the, the be here now or be nowhere was one that I really like. Um, the other one, I just went to a conference, and I'll probably have to read it so I don't mess it up. But it was something about from Coach Yo at Ole Miss, the women's coach at Ole Miss, about uh, belief. Uh, I think I oh, wait, Belief keeps the, the mind positive and the yes. body resilient. Yes, belief keeps the mind positive and the body resilient. So she, she said that just a couple weeks ago, and it kind of clicked with me that you have to believe in what you're doing as a coach. Like, if you don't believe it, how can you ever get your team to buy in? Right. Like, I better, I better just be, like, sweating belief every day. Right. Because if I don't, they will see it. Right. There is, if, if I'm giving a scouting report and I'm talking about, hey, we better get back and stop their point guard before the three-point line. If we don't, they're going to beat us by 20. If I don't like – if they just don't see it coming out of me, like, man, coach really believes that we better stop this dude, then right. why would they do it? Right. And the thing is, it doesn't – for the coaches that are listening, let's say you want to run flex. Yes. I don't care. No. If you believe that you can run flex and you teach them how to run flex and you – or swim, whatever it is. Maybe it's something that people don't run a lot anymore. But if you believe it and you sell it to them, Absolutely. they'll believe. Yeah, you, that's the key. You're right. We are all car salesmen. Like, we, we're, we're all used car salesmen. We are. That is what we are doing. 
Um, one word to describe your coaching style. Oh, wow. I've never, I don't think I've ever thought about that one. That is uh, interesting. Um, I would, I, man, I, I'm a positive guy. I hate that seems awfully cliche to just say positive, but I'm a, I'm a positive person. Um, but I, I think maybe consistent is better. I, I try to be okay. really consistent. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That, that's a tough I one. Think kid, I think kids like that. Kid, yeah. The high risk kids I do want consistency. They Absolutely. want to know that this is the way practice is going to go. And this is what our routine is. And yes. And then the positive part can, yeah, that can be a positive. All right. Um, best, best basketball coach of all time. You can say Tubby, but you know, if he's listening, I doubt if he's listening. <laughs> uh, coach K, I think is hard to argue with um, from what he's done just over time with the USA basketball and the consistency he's had at Duke. And he's done it so many different ways. And he's adjusted. He has adjusted. He has the adjusted. one and done. And, and he's, he's coached a lot of different styles. Right. It's, it's really, if you look at his teams over the years, compared to Jim Beheim, who's one of the best of all time too, he's done it the same way for so long. Coach K changes every year. He just gets the best players and then he adjusts to what they can do. Right. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And as a high school coach or youth coach, you have to do that. Here's what you have. How yes. can you, maybe it's a big, maybe it's a couple shooters. You have to adjust to that. What's one book you'd recommend? Um, well, I, I just, I'm reading um, Why the Best are the Best by Kevin Eastman, which is incredible. Anything, um, any book by Eastman's really good. It's really good. Uh, Beyond Basketball by Coach K. If you're a head coach at any point, you need to read that book. It is, you can get pregame speeches, you can get, motivation you, there's so many stories in there um that i love and then bounce by matthew syed is, is a really unique book about the science of being successful um i think is really a, a and it talks more about other things other than sports playing the piano or the violin or chess or whatever i'm a big believer not you can see i love books yeah, i'm a big too. believer in i'm a big believer in not read not um only reading basketball books agreed um there's a new one that just came out, like, I think it's called Range. It basically talks about the well-rounded person, the diverse kid is better than the specialized kid. Yep. Um, I think That's it's Range. One. Yeah. So it's basically saying that, you know, <laughs> don't specialize too early in anything. They're not, they, they talk about it in sports. I think there's something in the Washington Post, New York Times about it. But, um, but basically it's saying that, you know, these kids are specializing too much. They're getting hurt too much because they're only playing basketball. Yeah. But you're going to be a better human being. You're going to be a better employee. You're going to be a better basketball player if you're doing more things at the younger yes. age. It's going to make you a better athlete. It's going to make you, you know, a better problem solver. Um, yeah. It just if, you're a young if you're a young coach at, at the youth or high school level, coach more than one. Co don't coach just basketball. Right. Well, and the thing is, don't coach just basketball, which I haven't done. I've coached other things. I'm coaching yeah. boys volleyball now. It's made me a better coach. But yeah. also, uh, coach coach different things. Like coach at a high school and then coach a summer AAU team. They will be. They are totally different. Totally different. <laughs> so totally you'll different. learn different things in each one. Um, sure which will add to your, you, it's not necessarily adding to your resume. It's adding to your toolbox basically is what I referred to. Um, one thing you tell the young coach again, what would we say that? Well, I, I said definitely uh, watch more film. Yeah. Watch uh, more film. Definitely watch more film. And then, and then that just coach other stuff, like go do as many camps, even if it's not basketball, like you'll learn more. I coached 16 year old um, travel girls volleyball one time. And I learned more 
from that. I did it with my wife because she was a volleyball player. I did it with that with her. But I learned more from just being around them. And I didn't really coach a whole lot, but I was there every game. I probably learned more about coaching in that summer than I've, you know, as much as I've learned since just about um, managing a team that you really don't know anything about. <laughs> that is not easy. All right. So, uh, so I'm, I'm coming to the clinic in October. Yes. That's how we got connected. That's so right. we're, we're going to talk then. What are you talking about at that clinic? Have you decided? I think, um, this might change too. Just disclaimer, this might change. This might change. This yeah. might change. Yeah. Okay. Um, ball screen offense, flowing into ball screen offense and the spacing involved. So okay. what we were talking about, if you're setting a clear side ball screen, that chess game that goes on on the other side, right. um, it's so big in college basketball right now. And I think spacing is so big. So big. Because yeah. of the way players are now, the four man is like a point forward most of the time, and you really don't have a true five. And who knows who the point guard is on the floor half the time? Like, right, three guards out there. Um, so it is, it is kind of unique. But I've over the scouting's kind of what I I do the most, and and I've seen so many different ways to do it, and everybody does ball screens now. Everybody. It seems so, like it. It's, See, I'm, I'm the other guy. I'm the guy that's everyone's doing ball screens. I don't do ball screens. Good for you because it'll, it'll go back. It will. And then when it goes back, then I'll set ball screens. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the way. Because I just want people not to have to react to what we're doing rather than difference. Um, so I'm flying here. So here's a question. All the people can listen anyway at this point. Yeah. I'm flying. I did, Greensboro is closer, but I'm flying into Raleigh because it was a cheaper flight. Yeah. So what, how, long, how long a drive will it be from – Raleigh, an hour? Yeah, yeah, not not more than an hour to where South Alamance is, I don't think. Okay, okay. Raleigh, and how far will you have? Uh, about 30 to 40 minutes from – I live in Winston-Salem. Um, okay. So I'm about 20 minutes outside of High Point, but um, – Okay. Yeah, so it's not far. You're, it's kind of in the middle. It's in the middle. That will be good. Okay. All right, well, Coach, I look forward to meeting you in, I don't know, a couple months, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So. it'll go fast. I know. It'll be here before you know it. It will be. Well, you got your busy season. Like I do our too, guys, but yeah. Our guys move in tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah, for summer school. And then when you hit the road again for recruiting? Um, the last two weekends in June and then two full weeks of July. And you so think, the, the, the last question, do you think recruiting is going to change or the NCAA is going to change how they do recruiting? Well, and, it changed completely to this year. Right. And how did it change? So we used to watch AAU um, twice in April three times in July. Right. We could watch them with their high school teams in the summer. Right. Now we watch them. It was only once this year in April because of Easter, but typically it'll be twice. And then um, twice in, in June with the high schools. And then um, only once in July with AAU. And then the last week of July is now these NCAA camps. Right. And you think they're going to, you think they're going to move it. You think they're going to, they're going to, you think they're going to take more and more away from AAU? I hope not. Um, okay. I actually want to, I actually think there's a middle ground that we haven't quite found yet. I we think haven't. And, and I think they're trying to find it. Yes. Because there's great AAU programs and there's great high school programs and there's bad AAU programs and there's bad high school programs. It's a statistician to me. I know that. I just think it got so far away from the high schools that they got to oh. swing it back. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it, they just went too extreme, in my opinion, from the start. I think they're on the right track, and, right. and each year we'll vote on changes, and eventually I think it'll be right. But right now it just 
man, to only get to watch kids with their AAU teams twice, we watch them two weekends with their high school teams, which most high school teams are only going to do one. Right. Um, so for me to evaluate a kid, really, I'm going to watch him in April with the AAU, June with his high school, July with his AAU, and then at a camp where he just gets thrown in with a bunch of kids. Right. The poor kid is like, what, what do I do? Right, right. No, and, I, and I realize that. I think, personally, this is what the NCAA should do at the highest level. They should have one assistant that doesn't actually all – their, all their job is is recruiting and that they, they're not allowed to coach during the season. They can be in the office and then they, go out to, they can go out and watch high school games and recruit during the high school season. Unlimited. Unlimited. I like that. So, so and the reason being is then you would reconnect with the high schools. Yes. <laughs> and then, to be honest with you, you'd find other hidden gems because it's a trickle-down effect for people yeah. who don't know it. Once someone's not good enough for you, then you tell the D2s. <laughs> yes. And then if they're not good enough for the D2s, then the D2s tell the D3s. It's a trickle-down. Well, it actually like, starts at the Power 5. Right. Yes. Power 5 tells mid-major, mid-major tells low-major, and then down like you're saying. Right. It's, it's this huge trickle. I get that. And so if, if you have one coach and all they're doing is, and they could recruit, they could recruit in the open windows too in the summer. I don't care about that. Right. But the problem is you almost have to add an extra staff member. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe you let your basketball operation guys do it, or maybe you let one of those guys and you pay them more. There's plenty of money. Trust me. Um, it's there. It's there that maybe the NCAA kicks back that you that these guys can go out because I understand why they can't come to our games for the most part unless it's yeah. close by. But you might be able if you had a guy, then he could go to you got a kid in California. You could go watch five of his high school games. Right. You That'd know, be, and then you would that would show him that you're really interested. Yeah. <laughs> I would you, almost I like that. And if especially if the NCAA would say every school gets this amount of money to, for that guy to do that. Right. The problem for me is my budget's not North Carolina's budget. It isn't. Yes. And, and then guy there's can... guys going private. There's private jets and not private jets. Kind of. Exactly. So here's right. your budget. Do but it. The NCAA could do that. And then that would help put it back to the high schools because then that coach would build a relationship with the high school coach. Agreed. Which would build a relationship with other high school coaches, which would, you know. Because that's why I think the shift has to – I don't think you take it totally away, but the money is not at the high school level. No. <laughs> The corruption isn't really at the high school level. That's why there's going to be so many issues with teams getting to go to these team camps because they can't afford it. The right. high school can't afford it. The reason AAU was a, became about is because kids would pay to play on that team to go travel or they'd get a sponsor or whatever mm -hmm. to help them with that. Mm -hmm. What high school coach who's getting a $2,000 stipend or whatever it is in right. a lot of places right. is going to go, which my dad did it, so I know, would raise $5,000 each summer. Right. And pay for his kids to go to team camp. Not everybody's right. doing that. Right, right. Yeah. So it almost needs to be like this the state associations need to get a kickback from the NCAA. Yes. Like here, here here's here's fifty thousand dollars, run this and let the kid let 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 high schools come. You cover it as long as they verify that they're a high school team and they have a high school coach whatever it is, boom. And you do that for all fifty states and you know Yeah, because multiple states we can't even go watch this year. Right. Well, we're going to one in June, but Wisconsin didn't really get on board. We're going to Illinois to play in one. Yeah. You know? So 
It's wow. hard. It, they're gonna, there's a lot of mistakes this year being the first year. So hopefully yeah, – I think that's where they're going to they're gonna have to work out the kinks. But I think it's – anyway, so sorry about this. That was a side note. We were actually supposed to end like 30, you know, 10 minutes ago. But I just <laughs> jumped in my head about this whole like, you know, yeah. recruiting and thing. Anyway, all right. So, Coach, we'll, uh, we'll go out and have a cold one when I come down in uh... – Absolutely, man. Okay. All right. Talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like, jump up and down, like I say. Um, tell your friends. That would be a good thing. Yeah, sell it. Share this on social media. And then also go over and check out teachweeps.com for coaches who want to get better. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.